This is Dr. Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. We're going to continue our lecture on mesenteric ischemia. This is the second of three parts, and we're going to be discussing acute mesenteric ischemia. First of all, as an introduction, mesenteric ischemia in general is a complex disorder which increases in incidence as the population ages. So as people get older, it is more common. It can occur from a variety of conditions which result in decreased blood flow to the intestines. And it can be characterized in two ways, acute mesenteric ischemia and chronic mesenteric ischemia. Acute mesenteric ischemia is more common than you may think. It accounts for one in a thousand hospital admissions and almost one out of 100 hospital admissions for abdominal pain are actually due to acute mesenteric ischemia. Despite advances in diagnosis and treatment, the mortality remains high, and sometimes it's as high as 70%. So it's a very important disease to recognize and treat quickly. The problem is that acute mesenteric ischemia presents with nonspecific symptoms and presentation. Often the patient complains of abdominal pain, and it may be out of proportion to the physical exam. So the physical exam is usually not very impressive, and this could result in a delay in diagnosis. There's really no specific laboratory tests that would definitively diagnose acute ischemia. Often the lactic acid may be elevated, the sed rate may be elevated, maybe a white count, but there's nothing really specific. So this is why the clinicians often struggle with this diagnosis. Now angiography is actually the gold standard for the diagnosis of mesenteric ischemia, but this is invasive and it's usually not ordered in a timely fashion. CT is actually the perfect examination to perform. It can be performed quickly. It's sensitive and specific for acute mesenteric ischemia. Now what you're going to be looking for is most of the time acute ischemia is caused by decreased blood flow to the intestines. It can be a problem with the arteries, the veins, or it can just be due to hypotension and low flow states. So we're going to go through each of those categories. When you look specifically at acute ischemia, most of the cases, 60 to 70% of the cases, will be caused by an acute occlusion of the superior mesenteric artery due to either an embolism from someplace else like the heart or a thrombosis which forms in the SMA. So 60 to 70% of the time, it's going to be a problem with the SMA, which you can see very nicely with CT and geography. 20 to 30% of the time, it will be non-occlusive conditions. So it's not going to be a thrombus or a tumor. It's going to be due to low flow states, hypotension, patients on certain medications. 5 to 10% of the time, it's going to be due to thrombosis in the mesenteric veins. So obviously, we're going to have to have an excellent examination of the bowel, the mesenteric arteries, and the mesenteric veins. We specifically look at the mesenteric vasculature. We're going to be looking for thrombus in the mesenteric arteries or veins, atherosclerotic disease, which can be a focus on which thrombus forms, areas of narrowing or stenosis, tumor encasement. In patients with low flow states or hypovolemia, you'll see small attenuated pruned vessels. And you can also see that in vasculitis. And then a very late finding would be air within the mesenteric veins, the portal vein, or the liver. But we want to catch it before it results in mesenteric venous air. We're also going to be looking at the bowel wall. So ischemic bowel is usually thickened. It will measure usually in the 8 to 9 millimeter range. Sometimes it can be as thick as 1.5 centimeters, but it won't be thicker than that. The density of the bowel wall varies. It can be low density due to submucosal edema and inflammation. It can be high density due to intramural hemorrhage. If there's pneumatosis, then you'll actually see air density in the wall. But as I mentioned earlier, this is a very late finding. 
And one thing to note is that if it's a venous problem, the bowel wall tends to be thicker. So if you have bowel wall measuring 1.5 centimeters in thickness, more likely it's going to be a venous problem than an arterial problem. If it's arterial cause of the ischemia, usually the wall will get thinned, especially with infarcted bowel. You'll see a paper-thin wall in a dilated bowel because it's um, ischemic and there's no normal peristalsis. So that's just one little pearl. If you see a really thick bowel wall in an ischemic patient, most likely it's going to be a venous problem. So in addition to bowel wall thickening, you'll see the bowel is typically dilated. It's a common finding, but certainly not specific, can occur in a variety of conditions. It's also, if you have severe dilatation, it's more common in irreversible disease. So transmural ischemia and infarction will disrupt normal peristalsis, so the bowel will tend to be more dilated in those rather than in patients with reversible ischemia. In addition to bowel wall thickening and dilatation, you need to look at the attenuation of the bowel. Is it low density with edema? You might have um, a halo effect from the different layers of edema. It may be high density due to blood. And this can affect the submucosa or can be transmural. So look at the bowel wall itself. Does it look low density like it's inflamed and edematous? Does it look high density like there's blood there? Or could there be air there? Could it be pneumatosis? You can specifically look at the way the bowel wall enhances. And there are a few articles discussing this. Personally, I find that it's very difficult to notice this. But obviously, if you see a segment of bowel that doesn't show any enhancement, then that's a very specific finding. That means the contrast is not being delivered to the bowel. It's a very, very uncommon finding because the mesenteric vessels are very redundant. And so usually the contrast will be delivered even to severely ischemic segments. But if you happen to see a segment that doesn't enhance at all, obviously it's going to be in bowel. It has been reported that sometimes affected segments can have delayed enhancement. So if you do serial studies, you might notice it doesn't enhance as much as the remainder of the bowel on the early phase. And on the later phase, it will retain the contrast. So basically, it's taking longer for the contrast to get in and longer for the contrast to be um, cleared from the bowel. So that would be delayed enhancement and persistent enhancement. So if you're doing serial scans, you might notice that in the ischemic segment. Now, obviously, you're going to be looking very carefully for pneumatosis, portal venous error, or mesenteric error. This is a, a very important finding because it indicates transmural ischemia and usually infarction. Often, this is going to be irreversible and will require surgical resection. It's relatively specific, but it's less common than the other findings I've discussed. Pneumatosis is seen in 6 to 30% of cases. And then obviously if the air is in the mesenteri is in the bowel wall, it could then extend into the mesentery, and that's called mesenteric gas. And then obviously from the mesentery, it can go into the portal vein, so then that's portal mesenteric gas. It can be seen in between 3 and 14% of cases. And again, it's usually a late finding. Other findings that you may see is stranding and ascites. Very nonspecific, and the it will depend on what the etiology is, how severe it is, and how long the ischemia has been there. So just to review the findings, you're going to, in the bowel, you're going to see bowel wall thickening. You may see different attenuation in the bowel wall, whether there's edema or hemorrhage or air. You can see bowel wall dilatation. You can see changes in enhancement of the bowel, maybe no enhancement, delayed enhancement, or persistent enhancement. And then, again, the late finding would be air within the bowel wall. Now, if we specifically look at the SMA itself, that's the most common site where you're going to see um, ischemic changes, is you're going to look for embolism 
thrombus, dissection, vasculitis, or aneurysms as the cause of acute mesenteric ischemia. So first of all, embolisms usually originate from someplace else. So usually it's going to be from the heart or the aorta, and then they travel to the SMA. They typically lodge 3 to 10 centimeters from the origin of the SMA. So it won't be at the very origin. It's going to be a couple centimeters distal to that. The blood flow will be preserved to the proximal branches. So usually the jejunal branches and middle colic branches, which are the first branches off the SMA, will not be involved. Smaller emboli can go out more distally, and it can go out very far and only affect a small segment of bowel. So you have to look very carefully at each of the bowel loops. Here's an example of a patient. This is an arterial phase of a study. You can see that there's high-density contrast in the aorta. The small bowel is dilated. There's pneumatosis, so already you're very suspicious this is infarcted bowel. And because the bowel is dilated and the wall is thin, it's more likely going to be an arterial problem. Here is sagittal projections of a 3D CT angiogram, and you can see that there's a large thrombus in the superior mesenteric artery. And again, it's a few centimeters from the origin, which is where embolic clots usually lodge. This patient went to surgery, and this is the postoperative examination, and you can see the thrombus has been removed and the infarcted bowel was resected. Here's another patient. This on the left is a coronal view. You can see that there's some thickening of the small bowel. And on the sagittal view, you can see that there's a large thrombus in the SMA. Again, it's a few centimeters from the origin where the embolic clots usually lodge. Here's another patient with acute ischemia. These are two exams from different days. On the left, you can see that there's a loop of small bowel, which is a little thickened in the left lower quadrant. The remainder of the bowel is a little dilated. When the patient came back two days later, you can see that there's a bowel loop in the same position, left lower quadrant, which demonstrates pneumatosis, which is infarcted bowel. This was a patient with atrial fibrillation, and often the little clots from the heart can go very distally and just affect a few small bowel loops. Next, we're going to talk about SMA occlusion. And again, it can occur because of thrombosis. So usually the thrombosis which forms in the SMA will form in the setting of atherosclerotic disease. So typically there will be atherosclerotic disease near the origin of the SMA and then a thrombus will form on this. 80% of patients will also have a history of chronic mesenteric ischemia. So these are patients with repeated episodes of abdominal pain related to the atherosclerotic disease which then form a clot and then the patient presents acutely. It's probably the thrombus is forming because of rupture of unstable plaque. And again, it's going to be at the origin, unlike emboli, which, which occur distal to the origin of the SMA. This is a patient with colonic ischemia. And if you look, there's minimal thickening of the right colon. The right image is a coronal oblique. And again, the right colon and cecum are minimally thickened. And when we look at a sagittal projection of a multiplanar reconstruction, you can see that there's calcified atherosclerotic plaque at the origin of the SMA, and then you can see a thrombus has formed on that atherosclerotic plaque. So that's typically where the thrombus will form. Another cause of acute mesenteric ischemia can be vasculitis, and there's really three categories of vasculitis. There's the large vessel vasculitis, and the most common large vessel vasculitis that can affect the mesenteric vessels is Takayasu's vasculitis. This affects the aorta and its major branches, and it, it can affect the mesenteric arteries. And the patients can present with pain or ischemic symptoms, either acute or chronic. There can be hemorrhage, and there also can be stricture. 
Medium-sized vessels or medium-sized vasculitis can also affect the mesenteric vessels, and the most common medium-sized vasculitis is polyarteritis nodosum, which is a necrotizing vasculitis, which weakens the vessel wall and can lead to aneurysm. So typically you see these in the kidneys and the renal arteries more commonly, but in about 50% of the time, it can affect the mesenteric vessels, and they can present with aneurysms or ischemia. Here's an example of a patient with polyarteritis nodosum. You can see there's this thickening along the wall of the common hepatic artery and SMA. And this patient presented with abdominal pain from intermittent ischemia. Here's a sagittal projection. Again, you can see this thickening in the wall narrowing the proximal portion of the SMA in this patient with polyarteritis nodosum. A small vessel vasculitis, which commonly affects the intestine, is Henoch-Sherline purpura. This is more common in children, and typically the patients present with skin joint pain, can affect the kidneys and the GI tract. And the abdominal pain can be related to ischemia involving the mesenteric vessels. The patients also can present with GI hemorrhage. What you typically see in the bowel is thickening of the bowel. You can have strictures, but typically it will be wall thickening and fold thickening. On a small bowel series, you may see ulceration and you may notice that the mesenteric vessels are engorged. They're typically stranding in ascites. Here's a patient with Henoch-Sherline purpura, and you can see diffuse thickening of the bowel. It has kind of a target appearance, and the mesenteric vessels appear engorged. This is also a patient who presented with thickening of the bowel. He's a 40-year-old. It's not in a pattern typical of Crohn's disease. The mesenteric vessels appeared a little bit engorged, and I think this is probably related to some sort of vasculitis. Okay, there are two other types of small vessel vasculitis that can affect the small intestine. The first is lupus, which can affect any portion of the gastrointestinal tract. There is also an association between lupus and antiphospholipid syndrome, and those patients are prone to clots, so they also might get clots in the mesenteric vessels in addition to vasculitis. In lupus, the bowel wall tends to be thickened. There can be beating and pruning of the vessels, which is characteristic of vasculitis in general. Bechet's disease can also affect the small intestine. This typically occurs in young males between the ages of 11 and 30. They present usually with ulcerations, either oral or genital ulcers, and ocular inflammation. But in these patients, the GI tract is involved in up to 50% of cases from the vasculitis. And again, similar to the other vasculitides, the bowel wall can be thickened, you can see ulceration, you can see changes in the mesenteric vessels. This is an example of a patient with lupus vasculitis. You can see how thick the small intestine is. It probably measures a centimeter or so. There's low density in the submucosa. There is ascites and stranding as well. Okay, another category that can affect the SMA and cause ischemia is dissection of the SMA. Isolated SMA dissections are actually very rare. They are thought to be a result of cystic medial necrosis and fibrous dysplasia. Patients will present with clinical symptoms due to intestinal ischemia or hemorrhage. Now, more commonly when you see a dissection in the SMA, it's an aortic dissection that extends into the SMA. But as I mentioned, you can have isolated dissections of the SMA, although they are rare. So here's an example of a patient presenting with abdominal pain, and you can see there's an isolated dissection involving the SMA, which is also minimally dilated. The aorta is fine. There's no aortic dissection. This is the 
a different patient actually with again an isolated superior mesenteric artery dissection. This is a sagittal projection on the left and you can see that there's a dissection flap and again on the axial image you can see that it's minimally dilated and it's also you can see that little flap. Splanchnic artery aneurysms is another category that can result in mesenteric ischemia. Now there are two types, there's true aneurysms and pseudoaneurysms. And if you look at it, mesenteric artery aneurysms, the true aneurysms are actually uncommon. Most patients are asymptomatic and so now we're just detecting them incidentally more frequently because we're doing more cross-sectional imaging. In the past, when people were diagnosed with splenic artery aneurysms, they were symptomatic and they presented with abdominal pain, bleeding, or rupture. Splenic artery is the most common splenic aneurysm, followed by hepatic artery, SMA, celiac artery, pancreatic duodenal arteries, or gastroduodenal arteries. Here's an example of a patient presenting with abdominal pain and ischemic symptoms, and you can see that there is aneurysm of the celiac axis. And the left image is an axial image, on the right image is a sagittal CT angiogram, and you can say that, see that there's a large aneurysm of the superior, um, sorry, large aneurysm of the celiac axis. Here's another patient presenting with abdominal pain, and you can see there's a large aneurysm of the SMA. This is measuring several centimeters. There's also atherosclerotic plaque, and a small aneurysm is also seen at the origin of the celiac axis. This is a patient with a connective tissue disease. The second category that can cause mesenteric ischemia acutely is problems with the mesenteric veins. So superior mesenteric vein thrombosis. Usually these are in patients with hypercoagulable states where they can form clots. Almost 50% of patients have a personal or family history of other clots, such as pulmonary embolism or DVTs. You can get mesenteric vein thrombosis from tumor encasement as well, or from inflammatory conditions. So for example, diverticulitis can result in thrombus in the mesenteric vein or portal vein as well. Patients usually present less acutely as with arterial problems. So the symptoms may be chronic or subacute lasting for up to a month before they present actually a high mortality with mesenteric vein thrombosis up to 40%. Here's an example of a patient presenting with abdominal pain. You can see that the bowel is diffusely thickened and there's a large thrombus in the superior mesenteric vein. Another patient presenting with acute symptoms has diffuse thickening of the small bowel and right colon. So right away you're thinking this is a vascular distribution. You can see the halo appearance in the bowel from the submucosal edema. And on the axial image to the right, you can see that there's a large thrombus in the superior mesenteric vein. Here's another patient in his 20s presenting with uh, repeated episodes of abdominal pain, and the bowel is diffusely thickened. If you look at the image on the right, you can see the SMA in a very small SMV. And when we do 3D reconstructions, here you can see two coronal projections. You can see that there's a stenosis of the SMV as it enters portal vein at the confluence. I don't know why this occurred, but this was definitely the cause of his symptoms and causing that small bowel thickening and abdominal pain. Went to interventional radiology, which opened up this uh, stenosis, and then the patient's symptoms resolved. Here's a patient with a pancreatic tumor that has encased the superior mesenteric vein at the portal confluence. The tumor has also encased the superior mesenteric artery. Typically with patients with pancreatic cancer involving the mesenteric vessels, they won't develop acute ischemia because the tumor grows so slowly that adequate vessels and collateral vessels will form. 
However, if it's a very severe tumor with significant narrowing, they can ultimately present with ischemic symptoms. Carcinoid tumor is another tumor that can cause mesenteric ischemia because it will affect the mesentery itself. So in this case, you'll see a mass in the root of the mesentery with calcifications and a desmoplastic reaction. The bowel is thickening, is thickened, and there is stranding in the mesentery. So what happens is with carcinoid tumors, there's scarring around it that can cause ischemia by mechanically obstructing the vessels. And also carcinoid tumors are hormonally active. So they can excrete chemicals that affect the smooth muscle in the vessel walls, and they can result in ischemia that way. That's probably the most common tumor that I see resulting in mesenteric ischemia. Here's another patient with carcinoid tumor and ischemia. You can see a large mass in the root of the mesentery with a desmoplastic reaction. You can see the mesenteric vessels are engorged and the small bowel is thickened. Sclerosing mesenteritis is not a cancer, but it is a type of neoplasm that forms in the mesentery. It causes a mesenteric mass with calcification, and it can be very scarring due to the fibrosis. So it can actually scar the mesenteric vessels. And here you can see the mesentery is around this calcified mass. Um, the small bowel is around the calcified mass and is very thickened due to ischemia. Here's a coronal projection showing the same thing. Calcified mass in the mesentery and thickened bowel surrounding that mass. Now we talked about arterial problems causing acute ischemia, mesenteric vein problems causing ischemia, and the last category would be low flow states or hypotension. Usually this is due to shock. So patients with hypovolemia, heart failure, dehydrated patients, chronic renal failure, maybe after dialysis, and certain drugs like digitalis is known to cause low flow states. Usually the patients present with abdominal distension, sometimes GI bleeding. Often they won't complain of severe pain and the mortality is very high from low flow states. This is an example of an HIV positive patient who's a drug abuser who presents with abdominal pain. You can see diffuse thickening of the bowel. And here's a coronal showing the same thing. And on our CT angiogram, you can see the vessels are very small and pruned down. This is related to cocaine use, and it causes a type of vasculitis or a low flow state, so the vessels will be very pruned and clamped down to try to maintain blood flow to the gut. So how good is CT in diagnosing acute ischemia? This was an article by Kirkpatrick, and it was very good. CT angiography had a 96% sensitivity and a 94% specificity for diagnosing acute mesenteric ischemia. It's a very efficient examination, can be performed quickly, can be performed quickly. It's relatively non-invasive. It just needs a peripheral injection. You can scan the patient very quickly, even if they're sick. They can be on and off the table in a matter of minutes. And we use it all the time at Hopkins to look for acute ischemia. The clinicians find it helpful for two reasons. Number one, if you do diagnose ischemia, you can say what the cause is, and they can decide does the patient need to go to surgery or to the interventional lab. Or two, if the bowel looks normal and the vessels look normal, then they know it's not ischemia and they can pursue different diagnoses. Okay, that will end this segment of the lecture where we discussed acute mesenteric ischemia. The next part will discuss chronic mesenteric ischemia.